Emig Bean. You're a phenomenal competitor, an amazing cruiserweight, and what we did last week was special. I just wanted to thank you. Got me a future, partner. I'm two days away from retirement. My daughter's graduating from college. Little Susie's growing up. And as soon as we nail Mendoza, my old lady and I are going to sail around the world like we always wanted. We just christened a boat. Oh, yes, sir. Everything's going to be just... Oh, oh my God! Uh, wait a minute! Elio Del Fantasma and the two masked men just beating down Drake Maverick so much for respect and sportsmanship. What? What? Well, Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. Hey. Yes? I'm not going to make it. Oh, stop talking crazy. No, 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 no. Just do one thing for me. Get Mendoza. Mendoza! Damn that Colonel Mendoza. Always up oh, to no good. Mendoza. Oh, I Two saw that. Oh, and his boat was called the Live Forever. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Two days away from retirement. Oh, oh, man. Good times. Good times. Oh, good. Friday night, episode 146 of the Alleged Wrestling Podcast. Steve, Fitz, and Gordo. How are we, boys? A libation. Profitable. I meant to do this beforehand, but oh, oh I'm going to have to edit this out. It's so bad. I can't open the bloody bottle. There we go. <laughs> and then the extra noise of the bottle opener on the table. Cheers, boys. Well, How are we? Launch it. Cheers, lads. You want that white claw fits? That Joey Janela and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm trying this shit out. Surprisingly nice. Is it, yeah? In initial thought, I'm like, hmm sparkling flavoured and a hint of lime not overpowering and what is it like um, vodka is it or I don't know I don't even know what it is <laughs> uh, the description on the front of it says sparkling water with alcohol and a hint ah. of natural lime so sparkling so hand sanitizer <laughs> not going to lie like there, there isn't any indication as to what form of alcohol is in it right just Generic chemical alcohol plus uh, alcohol chemical triple distilled spirit and natural flavors to deliver a surge of pure refreshment like nothing you've ever tasted. White Mm. lime, hard seltzer. I might pick one up and test. I have to go to Tesco afterwards. I might grab one and see. Yeah, I've just said like you've never tasted before. They've clearly never had a hurricane from the Hard Rock, whatever. Rock (laughs) you like a hurricane. Oh boys. How is your life on this, the 97th of March, 2020? How are we? Well, I'm on night shifts this week, so I'm starting work in two and a half hours. And I only woke up like 20 minutes ago, so... Oh, man. I'll be honest, I've been in bed since about three o'clock and I just got out there. I wasn't really asleep all the time. I was just kind of doing nothing. I only got asleep at at two this afternoon, literally got three and a half hours sleep. Oh, God damn. You're screwed. Yeah, Ripsky. <laughs> oh, Ripsky tonight for you. 
Oh, ah, man. What's going on Fuck in it. your world, Fitz? It has been a fairly quiet week, not going to lie. Um, I have claimed full ownership of the kitchen office in my house. Nice. Uh, Mr. Nolan has retired to the land of the Blaz. And he, uh, he made it out despite the fact that he called out that he was retiring. And even on his second to last day, he still managed to survive and make it to retirement. He'd avoid mm-hmm. avoid any open areas and Mendoza. Yeah, Mendoza. <laughs> so yeah, Mendoza. <laughs> it's longer than I remember, so I don't want to overdo it. But definitely later, if we're talking about NXT, I need someone to leave a gap for me to play that when they talk about Raúl Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that's <sighs> been. Fuck it. Well, look at us. We're all surviving. We're getting there. We're in phase two. Hey, places are open. Um, closer to you, closer to open the pubs. Did you see the crack today with um, Pennies, uh, which is a big oh. uh, discount clothing store in Ireland that's been open, closed for months and people were losing their minds? There was people camping outside some Penny stores this morning. J-Dog uh, shared a video earlier on of the queue literally going around the block that was to the get one in pennies at quarter past nine this morning I think it was that Cork. was at Limerick or Cork or somewhere yeah crazy motherfuckers oh, but none of them there's no pennies in Galway open because they're all in shopping centres ha yeah and Mox. stores stores and shopping centres aren't uh, allowed to open just yet I think Monday they're allowed to open Probably, yeah, yeah. but so. there, there is of course uh, colloquial evidence or whatever the word I'm trying to find there is of uh, people traveling to other towns to go to Pennies today. That's the COVID spirit. Flatten that curve, everybody. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. I would travel out of town to avoid going to Pennies. Mm-hmm. Same, but they do have like really cheap jeans that I find incredibly comfortable. Mm-hmm. I haven't worn jeans I, in three months. so I It's one of the few routines I've kept is I will wear jeans every day because it's what I wore every day when I was not at home. So I'm trying to keep but, myself in some bit of normal routine and the main one of them is wearing jeans. But sweatpants. Sweatpants are life. Sure. Well, I, w- I will point out, it's normally a case of like, let's say if I'm working 10 to 7, I'll wear sweatpants up until around about 2 o'clock because I'm just going to be sitting around my room for most of the day. But then when I have lunch, I, I will put on jeans when I'm taking lunch because then I know for the rest of the day in the evening I want to try and feel like normal life. So that's when I put on the jeans again because that's what I'm used to. Sometimes, I, sometimes I, yeah, that's true. Sometimes, um, even when I was working from home before it all went tits up, the uh, some days you'd be like, I'll throw on these jeans or I'll have longer kind of tracksuit pants or sh- uh, sweatpants or yeah. whatever. Then after lunch, you were like, break out the shorts. Let's get these testicles free, you know? Let the breeze <laughs> blow through them and let you get. That's the Friday feeling, the breeze up Helicopter your leg. Helicopter you know? dick. Helicopter <laughs> dick. <laughs> oh, man. Gordo, Fight Island is real. It's fucking real, baby. Oh, what a time to be. Yes, Island. Yes, Island. (laughs) Should have just called it that. Had loads of Instagram influencers just go say, yes. Oh, yes, Queen. They're going to love their trip there with their cheese sandwiches. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I mean, Tony Khan should literally have ripped up all his plans and said, no, we have to do Fighter Fest on Fight Island because it makes total sense on the parody of Fight uh, Firefest and Fighter Fest. Mm. Go to go to UFC Fight Island, Yas Island, 
and have your have your fight fest there, fighter fest there. Yeah. It makes it, total it sense. They had a conversation on it. They oh, had gotcha. the dates match up perfectly. The date the dates match up. You they're doing fighter fest on the first of the eighth, and then the first UFC show is the eleventh. Yep. The dates are so close to match. There has to have been a discussion. And you, this, you came out next week and said that they're actually doing it. Oh, I'd love it. And UFC and and AEW were sharing the same hotel in Jacksonville for weeks there during the AEW tapings. Yeah. So, so we managed to get Cejudo, little, yeah. little druggie himself. Yeah. So you can't tell me a conversation wasn't had about putting AEW on Fight Island. It had to have happened. No, it had to have been. And also, I don't think we have to use it allegedly if but I called him a druggie because he literally talked about all the stuff that he'd done with Mike Tyson when he was on Joe <laughs> Rogan's podcast. <laughs> he said he was doing DMT with, with uh, Mike Tyson. So, yeah. Good times. Uh, the, they announced four cards in 14 days, the first being UFC 251. So, say July 11th is the pay per view, and then the other ones are fight nights, be 15th, 18th, 25th. But the, the, the stories behind it, there's 10 square miles of island just for them, with restaurants, uh, training facilities, nightlife, all that sort of stuff, just for the UFC staff and fighters and stuff. And nobody yeah. gets in unless they're part of their crew. And the best part, the octagon is on the beach. It's no, on the no. goddamn beach. The one problem I have is, is it the octagon or an octagon? Because they've done shows here before. So I don't know, is it a case that they're going to have an octagon there for like... Not only they have their open warm-ups, I don't know if they're going to stream open warm-ups online from the beach and then I'm do the show inside. I'm too I'm invested sure in this. I'm I too invested to in the beach. beach. Yeah. Oh, Mortal Kombat me up. This has to happen. UFC smash at the beach. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, it could just be obviously just there for the, you know, the show, but um, as re put in the chat there, I just saw it pop up uh, the 6 a.m. ring walk, local time. So I had that yeah. in my notes here as well. So that's just for the numbered UFC event on July 11 to hit the, um, you know, the US market for Vegas time or whatever that normally is on East Coast time probably or whatever that normally do. But yeah, um, you're gonna have a scrap before your breakfast on Fight Island. They're surely they're gonna have lads out there a couple of weeks beforehand. Yeah. Uh, yeah they'll, and they'll the one thing is, I I can't remember the full cards, but I would imagine they're trying to use international talent over US talent as much as possible. It's one of the main reasons, one of the main struggles they were having was that, like they were at the risk of burning out the amount of US talent mm. they have by having all mm. these shows. That's why they had to have this, is to get international talent in because they've been struggling. Um, Are you surprised that Kalabib is not on the car, any of these cards, considering he's so close to UAE? No, that's uh, he's, the. He's going to be the rumor is, I don't know if it's definitely been confirmed, but for the next pay per view, so UFC 252, you have uh, Daniel Cormier against Stipe for the title. And then uh, UFC 253 is Habib and Justin Gaethje. So they're kind of booked up for the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Are they Fight Island potential as well? I hope, I... All, I hope all fights will be on Fight Island. But I'd say by that <laughs> stage, that's, that's a pay-per-view is coming up in July. So 253, 252 will be August and 253 is probably September. So I'd imagine a lot of arenas will have opened by then. Yeah, when you consider WWE are hoping to run SummerSlam in August with a live crowd. Yeah, so Texas, they're all going to Texas. Uh, you yeah, two fifty two is down for, and it could be changed, but as far as I know, it's the fifteenth of August. Yeah. So then, just saying, that's the Saturday after my birthday. So that could be when I end up having a session, and I do have BT Sport. Is this just oh, the new canon for this podcast? The Gordon drops the fact that he's having a birthday every week. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be my thing. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm arranging it around because this is when shit is opening up again. 
It's mm-hmm. it's not the fact of what what is happening, but it's like I want an excuse and I want as many excuses as possible to get as fucked up as possible in that one week period. <laughs> and it just so happens to coincide with what what we thought would be opening the pubs and now UFC. So yeah. I'm gonna just get I'm gonna just gonna be blitzed for that whole fucking week. It's gonna be great. Like an Antox is in the chat there, getting up at six AM for UFC is hilarious to me. But the other way you're looking at it is the main event for us, the main event ring walk start at 5 a.m. our time. So we get to bed around 6 a.m. after UFC, UFC event. And I haven't missed any of the shows since they've started back. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched Everyone. Amanda Nunes decimate a poor girl last weekend. Oh. Dear Lord. Tell you, Spencer was a fucking warrior though. She took yeah, some slap. Tough as hell, but it, there, there came a point and me and Gordo were on WhatsApp during it going, maybe it's time you protect your fighter here because yeah. you know like whatever you well, Captain Big Balls I survived whatever fine you'd the rather see right. the cactus was right she gotta listen to the cactus gotta knock him out <laughs> I was hoping Mo Sislak would come down from the sky and just lift her out of the arena are you an oh, angel no. yes Felicia I'm an angel <laughs> oh stop um, I'll do my usual quote after a pay-per-view everyone's heard a NXT takeover review by now so we won't do that we'll just do quick overall thoughts on it um, as soon as I saw the old WWF revolutionary force in sports entertainment for over 50 years thing I was sold I was in and it was in me and then they they come up to the show you've got a band open you've a live band a heavy kind of band then you see the set and I said this is the greatest pay-per-view in the history of professional wrestling that right is the greatest show the greatest and show and then it got even better <laughs> and then it got even Todd, better Todd Pettingill Todd Pettingill oh man it was so good the fucking AOL chat and everything oh it's brilliant <laughs> use keyword WWF um, back in the day so good uh, they need to actually hire Todd, Todd Bettengill because he's brilliant. He's kept to voice over everything. He like he should be voicing over what happens this this Sunday on the greatest wrestling show ever. Backlash. Greatest wrestling show ever. Backlash. What? There's no O nine hundred numbers anymore. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but the I've I've often been critical of Tom Phillips, but he finally broke out of his robot skin for one minute and had a joke. You know when they did the thing with DX where they're trying to work out the computer and Triple yeah. H is banging on the top of the monitor and Tom, Tom Phillips goes, the files are in the computer, the Zoolander line. I was like, damn it, Tom. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> files are in the computer. Times. Um, overall, I thought it was absolutely fantastic pay-per-view. Um, not a, I wouldn't put it up with the best of the best of the takeovers, but uh, the best one in a while, I think. Um Problem is it's when kind you of say it. the best of the best takeovers, that bar has been set so high that yeah. you're gonna have a sh- you're gonna have a, a relatively shit takeover. But if you look at it in the overall context of what a show is, it's still really strong. Yeah. You know, that's to say it's best. not the greatest takeover is still not mm. necessarily a bad thing. It was the best yeah, exactly. WWE no fans show. Probably, yeah. And yeah. it was definitely the best uh, kind of nostalgia-based team show they've done in a very long time. Then again, the competition oh, yeah. is Raw 25, I think was the latest one, which was a shit show. So, yeah, that was great. Yeah. The only really disappointment good. was the um, the fucking vertigo-inducing Cole and Dream match where oh, the camera work totally God. ruined it. The match seemed like a bit of fun. It was a bit plodding and, you know, there was a lot of um, down periods of it, but that was fine because they were selling the, you know, the impact of being thrown on a car and all this. But the camera work was just shocking bad. And this was pre-taped. It was so bad. I had to I had to literally look away. 
I couldn't actually watch it. I was lucky I had the Xbox on at the time and I just essentially listened to the match and looked over every few seconds. Can't remember was it yourself said it fits that it literally felt like a sanity entrance. Remember sanity? Oh god. I remember Man, sanity. Uh, I remember sanity. Um oh. yeah. Unnecessary. Like yeah. I know that they're trying to, you know, give you that uh, release from a constant show in front of no fans slash uh, a scripted audience which I applaud them for that you know it takes effort to to do such a thing but yep Velveteen's Velveteen Dream's character needs a live crowd it needs a wrestling ring it, it just doesn't work outside of the norm I think yeah and, and Morrow the, called us when he pulled up in his car and he didn't arrive in a little red Corvette yeah <laughs> it's great he did have the Negan cosplay though ah oh, it was great the Negan stuff was cool um, even if people thought it was Roddy Piper but still <laughs> yeah. that Uber spot was ridiculously annoying uh, was, yeah it was bad anyone call an Uber has anyone ever even if you okay so an Uber or a taxi pulls up outside a group of people anyone looking for a taxi has never happened never like no one's you, ever said that if you call an Uber they already know who you are and what you look yeah. like because that's how the fucking app works <laughs> so oh my god so bad there was a lot of problems with their um, there was a lot of problems with just in general look I mean if that was on Raw and you'd be like alright that was pretty interesting it was just that it happened to be on a takeover where the match level just kept getting higher and higher throughout the night and um, it just was thrown in the middle there where you were like ah that didn't work too well Um, plus you have the expectation because it's the, the main title on that show you have the expectation that that match should be the best match on the card typically mm. and in a weird set of circumstance it was the worst match on a card yeah. arguably well probably uh, was but I think when was. they saw it and watched it back they were like oh we can't put this on last we need to put something here in the middle oh yeah <laughs> that was, that was, the, the card positioning was very good yeah, yeah. I, I think they've learned that you can't you can't close with a cinematic match unless it is something special yeah, like the stadium match at AEW. Yeah, it's just stadium ridiculous. match, the boneyard match. They were such mm-hmm. high quality, but you yeah. can't end the match. Like you could not have ended this card the other night with that dream Cole no. match. Yeah. And to be even fair, if was, even if it was Cole, without the camera work, I don't think you could have ended it with it. No, and, and, and I think possibly Cole has maybe had his day. We'll talk about that afterwards, but <gasps> it feels like Cole. It's time to move on, I think, and I think they know that as well. Uh, I suppose going back to Gordo's point and you know not putting it last, this was the only part of the show that was pre-recorded, so yeah. they had oh. this match in the can already, so they knew how it looked, how it felt, yeah. so they could have positioned this match at any time during the event effectively. So if 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 it burned the house down in the the greatest sense of the term, then it could have been put on last, but they watched it back and obviously realized it's as good as we're going to get it stick it in there in the middle and you know, so, so this guy. was the whole thing was taped or no, the whole thing was live bar that wow I thought the whole thing was taped alright okay no, 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 no everything else was live nice they done they done a tape in that morning yeah and uh, so the people that were in the crowd were at uh, was it a raw taping or something backlash two raws so they were at the backlash backlash yeah so they were at the backlash taping that morning then had to get in their cars to go from the performance centre or the buses or whatever they're operating for them to go from the performance center across to full sale to do mm-hmm. a takeover. So then P 
people who are in the crowd who allegedly aren't getting paid anything extra for doing these were essentially standing for like 12 hours probably when it came across getting ready for both shows and being in the crowd for both shows literally just done a 12 hour day for nothing Jesus then again they're getting paid 50-60 grand to train to go to school to go to school yeah and they are getting to watch the greatest wrestling match ever Backlash and TakeOver and a couple of raw tapings I mean there's worse gigs out there oh yeah and people always yeah, like oh my god they, they've been standing for 12 hours and we're like yeah go work in retail go work <laughs> in a hospital go work in yeah. you know depots things Anywhere. like that yeah. go work go <laughs> yeah you're gonna be on your feet a lot shit happens um but yeah the um priest and uh balor was brilliant that really, was a really fucking slugfest. Yeah. That was very There's good. a proper coming of age kind of match for Damien Priest because mm. up to now we've really Blade only seen Priest. him in the Hogfest. Blade and Priest. We've only seen him in the Hogfest with uh, the likes of um, Keith Lee, Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. So because of that, you know, it was nice to see him in there with someone with a different style. Um, and I don't think we're going to see Priest too much long more in NXT. I think he's bringing him up now. You know, kill off Baron Corbin, send him out to pasture, whatever you need to do with him. Give Damian Priest that spot because he's yeah. infinitely better, uh, infinitely more charismatic, and incredibly likable as a character, even if he's a heel or a face. Yeah, literally, he is, uh, as you said, he's, he's essentially he's what Baron Corbin was supposed to be when he debuted. Hmm. Except better. And I never thought I'd say that about Punishment Martinez. This is so strange you, to me. You love him. Uh, I, I, now I do. Um, I've, I've said it many times I think he's the best advertisement for the performance centre six yeah. months there to him done absolute wonders for him um, yeah it really goes good to match show, them, it goes to show that Balor will put on a good match with anyone yeah yeah. Balor is so underrated star. he's beyond there, underrated Balor he's so there's so many good. people that think Balor being brought into NXT was you know the company saying he's not good enough to cut it at the main at the top of the card bullshit He's arguably the best technician that they have when at the caliber of say an AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan of oh, yeah. someone who could go out to the ring blindfolded and have a match with someone. He's down in XC, same as Charlotte was for a while, same as Brizango are now, to help the newer talent, you know, put them over, teach them the tricks of the trade, the nuances oh, yeah. of, of matches and you know, yeah. pr- priest benefited massively from that on Sunday. Didn't they? Lighter schedule for him. He goes back down there and looks like an absolute star. He's getting to work with the best down there, but he's also that little ear for the up and coming guy. He still has that. He's essentially he's a litmus test. Yeah, he's a litmus test. He's essentially the. Uh, this going to be a weird one, but he's essentially John Cena in the Open Challenge era, where they were using that nearly as the test of who's ready to step up to that next level. Mm. Test out the young uppercomers. For me, I look at Balor now as the NXT equivalent of that. If yeah. they think someone is ready to step up to that main event or to even step up to the main roster, they're the people you're going to see working with Balor because they need to see if he's ready to step up to that level. And mm-hmm. there's no better tests down there than him right now. True. Yeah, we'll get on to it later on when we talk Wednesday Night Wars, but not a fan of what they're doing next. Okie dokie. Um, women's main event was quite good, and I called the. Oh, man, I forgot to do it. I was going to do Steve the. Stradamus. Uh, yeah, I was going to do the music, you know, the sound effect of the harp and the violin <laughs> to play back last week. But uh, yeah, it was exactly what um, what I said, uh, what I thought, or my prediction was for the finish. They had Charlotte give Rhea the figure eight and then Io Shirai hits the moonsault and gets the pin. Although she did basically knee her in the face. I mean, it's probably yeah. the most effective moonsault <laughs> that has ever happened. <laughs> 
Do you want to know the funniest thing of all this, Steve? And I didn't realize it literally 10 seconds ago. I do. If you had used that prediction as a wild card, you would have won the prediction contest. Yes, sir. And I'm, I'm aware of that now. <laughs> so I'm going to stay with my heart anymore. And I definitely went out of my way this time to go with, speci- or with uh, not, I wouldn't call them vague, more broad wild card predictions. Because I keep getting too specific and it fucks me every time. So I said, keep it vague. And uh, it worked in two out of three cases. So that's probably my best performance in the wild cards ever. So that's good. Wild card, bitches. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good main event. And they finally crowned the Yoshirai as well. Yeah. Watching um, that match, the amount of times I was watching it, all I could think of is, good Lord, what I'd give to see Shirai versus Shida. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I would love that match. Now, the level both of them are operating on at the moment. If there was a, if there was a, ever another way we'd done that fantasy booking of AEW or New Japan rather against WWE mm. back in the day, if we're to do an AEW versus WWE one, one of the first matches I'd be penciling in is Shirai versus Shida. Mm, there's a B show concept. Triple H Cody. <laughs> Steph- Stephanie Brandy <laughs> Shad and Vince Triple H comes out on the throne then Cody comes out and breaks the throne perfect imagine the entrances fuck me Cody and Triple H the, the fucking entrances that last longer than TakeOver did um, yeah, what was the opening uh, match cross, cr- uh, well ooh, match was six women oh yeah, yeah six women yeah, tag yeah. And then he had Cross and Champa, where Cross just murdered Champa. Good times. Yeah. I get. We'll move on. We're, we're, we'll get through it a bit. Um, great show, I thought. Uh, best worst match then before we leave it um, on TakeOver? I think I'll go worst. Priest Balor for me and best. I think for what I've done, Priest Balor, yeah, makes sense. Mm. Uh, there, there's a lot of contenders for best, but for, for what I've done and just for hard hitting, I think Priest Balor. And yeah. worst... Just even, regardless of what happened in the match but for worst alone it's got to be dream cold the camera yeah. was the, the camera work made was horrible yeah the camera really really ruined it uh, Fitz what you reckon you were too yeah I, I'd go for a tie best match between uh, Batter Priest and the women triple threat I thought yep. both of them delivered massively um, and similarly Cold Dream would pick up the worst match of the night simply because the expectation is much higher than what they delivered you know, if you talk about match quality, obviously the women's six, uh, six person tag match was okay technically, but again, you wouldn't expect too much more from that considering there's a lot of green talent in it. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention the really dumb spot with uh, Gargano and the door on the set, and he couldn't oh. get out of the door, but he had the key because in his trunks and he put the keys in his trunks. But he very and obviously also, did that, you know, and uh, and also bad. you could just walk out through the garage. It's right, you know, it's right the way there. It came in. It's right there. Or you know, it, or it's a door. You know, it's like the APA door backstage to their office. Just walk around it. You don't need to go <laughs> through the actual door. Um, but this thing came out last night, and I think the world collectively put its head in its hands. Uh, WWE tweeted out in an effort to streamline our creative writing process for television. We have consolidated both teams from Raw and SmackDown into one group, led by Bruce Pritchard. Paul Heyman will concentrate on his role as an in-ring performer. Shout out to Paul Heyman going to face Braun Strowman for the fucking Universal title next or something, but like the young upstart, the young upstart. So Heyman, that, that must that must mean he's going to be a manager again, or Lesnar's on the way back or something. But uh, what in the absolute fuck are they doing with Bruce Prichard running both shows now? Like I saw on the face of it, um, for the last what 
through two, three months, we're led to believe that Heyman was running Raw and Pritchard was running SmackDown. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at the ratings. Yeah. I knew the thing with the SmackDown um, was so bad for so long. In the last couple of weeks, it started to pick up a bit. Pick up um, a good bit, to be fair. But in and terms of the ratings, it stayed. It stayed level. Low. Yeah, but the ratings have stayed at the 2.5 type level for SmackDown and Raw has been... They hit, hit their record seven. low. Yeah, so they've stayed so, low. Like, on the surface, that if you show me those two stats and say, okay, we're, we're keeping money, obviously, Pritchard is the obvious choice. But if you look at what they're doing and what they're trying to do and kind of reading between the lines and reading what Fightful are reporting as well, Heyman is trying to build for a future. And yep, when yep. you do that, you're inevitably going to take a bump initially while people are tuning out because the people that they recognize aren't getting pushed to the top of the card anymore. And you get the new guys coming through, like the Angel Garza's and Berto Carrillo's, uh, Apollo Crew. I keep calling Apollo Creed. Apollo Crew is getting a push as well. Uh, but, you know, That's all amazing. these things. And he's trying to develop a new roster that can become stars. The biggest criticism we'll always have of WWE for the last decade is they haven't built any stars. Yeah. Um, and Jersey Joe said in the chat there as well um, Vince expects more from Raw because it's his baby very true and Antox saying just a reminder less than a year prior to had Sports Illustrated announced that Bischoff and Heyman as the executive producers of Raw and Smackdown almost a year later and it's all undone yeah and we all know there's only one person calling all the shots yeah Brandy Rhodes (laughs) Chief Brandy (laughs) Officer lads (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the Bruce Pritchard is the yes man and he's the right hand man. Um, our friend Juan made that meme of, well, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a famous meme of death going to each door. So yeah. it was like one door was Eric Bischoff, the next one was Heyman, and the next one was Triple H. <laughs> he was knocking on the door of Triple H next. Um, so Raw, Raw has been good, I've thought, overall. Um, the, even the so stuff the that was with the exception of the Catalans and bowling and yes yeah apart golf. from that nonsense I do appreciate yeah. something different though at least they're doing something I don't particularly like it but at least it's there yeah. um, breaks up the show a little bit but Raw has been good and they, I, I would say they, they've built these cool characters in the Los Ingobernables Ingobernables do uh, Performance Center but they never mm-hmm. win and even was it this week the number one contender match where it was Andrade to, KO even when they won and, they lost yeah even when they won yeah. they lost one of them had to win and the other one took the pain that now. ties it all yeah. into it because Vince hadn't heard of Angel Garza before he debuted on the main roster he only yeah. knew of him because he was Umberto's cousin and he only knew of Umberto because Heyman brought him up Yeah. so I think from watching Raw this week and the confusion of why are you separating this uh, faction has incredible potential to last night's announcement you're like oh Heyman's not in charge anymore okay Vince yeah. clearly got the reins back he's getting rid of the guys he doesn't like look at Ricochet and Cedric Alexander haven't been on the show I'll, for a few weeks we I'll know go they're to dead my in the grave. Water. I'll go to my grave not understanding how they fucked Ricochet I understand he can't cut a promo but he's this fucking ridiculously talented spectacular performer now what you could do I don't Here's understand a, it. A, a way around it is if you're putting Heyman back in a on-screen position, have him be the leader of a new faction, and his faction would be the outburied lads. That, yeah, <laughs> don't that, yeah. you know? Okay, you don't want to work with these guys. Do what they did with CM Punk back in the day. No one wanted to work with Punk, and Punk is like, "Give me Paul Heyman," and that was yeah. how he got over. Let Heyman yeah. work on screen and get younger talent like that over. 
Ricochet, as we said, is fucking dynamite between the ropes, but can't talk for shit. Cedric Alexander, again, fantastic Same. between the ropes, has never got over with the with his personality. Yeah. But I'm big, biggest worry is Drew McIntyre, who, if uh, Fightful's report is to be believed, has been the biggest beneficiary of Heyman's managerial stint at Raw. Uh, he was groomed by Heyman to take on the, the Rumble to take over from Lesnar. And if Heyman's not there anymore, does Vince McMahon have enough confidence in Drew to keep him going as champion? The only possible saving grace for him, and I don't know if these are figures that they're going to keep looking at when it comes to who is good, who, who's worth keeping at that level, his YouTube numbers and anything they put out about him on social, those ridiculous numbers. Okay. Um, his YouTube numbers trump pretty much everything. I know I'm imagining the likes of the Jeff Hardy stuff from a couple of weeks ago, you know, them really out there segments probably do top it. But when you come to like your everyday, your every week recaps of all the shows, any clip they put out revolving Drew is pretty much always the top thing they put out. It's always the top viewer. So that might be a saving grace for him is that he is pulling in those numbers, uh, at least on the at least on the YouTubes. Interesting. To kind of go off topic slightly, but still talking about Vince McMahon. Did you happen to listen back to Jim Cornette last week when he was talking to FTR, formerly yes. after Revival? I was I was listening to it while working, so kind of in and out. But yeah, the uh, some uh, of the Titanium Core changed their tune midway through the week this week. That's all. I'm going to talk about it later. Uh, but no, well, they yeah. weren't Probably. they weren't too happy with FTR last weekend, but they seem to be happy with them now. I know. Anyway, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. The um, I wonder the who you're talking to. <laughs> Joy. point I was going to raise was FTR effectively saying that they were talking to backstage producers and say, and they were saying well, why aren't you getting over what's going on here um, and why, why are you not being used what's going on with creative and they effectively said that they were talking to producers who were there now and who were there in the early to mid 90s and they were saying that the producers told them that the Vince McMahon of old would have kicked the Vince McMahon of today's ass for what he's doing creatively. Yeah, yeah. They did also Paraphrasing ask slightly, them but which, that's effectively the tone. They they did also ask them which one of the uh, leaders of the brands is more full of shit between Heyman and uh, and oh, Bruce yeah. Pritchard, and they said they're both full of shit right up to their fucking up to their forehead. Um, but they said that um, Heyman, or at least Bruce, doesn't believe the shit he's telling you. Was what they said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's Heyman just two is... guys' experience. You know, I, you know, Heyman has is legendary for selling fucking ice to a snowman. But you know, it, it yeah, is. What it's it is. If, if you break this whole situation down with this whole thing, it it's a it's a in a broader sense, it's a more damning indictment of them not moving with the times. I mean, if you look back. What? Even if you look at the main producers who are there, so the the the, the inner circle, so to speak, of who they ha- of who Vince has. So he has Kevin Dunn. You have the likes of Pritchard. You have Michael Hayes. Oh, All those guys man. have been there since the fucking nineties, early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. These guys are there that long. If you look at pretty much any other sport, anything else that involves a, a rotation where you have talent rotating in and out and where it's all evolving with the times and new levels of athleticism, stuff like that. Look at American football, you look at soccer. Everyone, when the coaches are moving in and out, you're getting younger. You're getting younger coaches in every couple of years. 
you're getting younger scouts in all this sort of stuff you're getting younger with what with the people you're bringing in yet on this the, uh, now the biggest wrestling company in the world hasn't done that at that level at that top level it's still the same people there for the last 30 years yet they leave some of the greatest minds in wrestling they just leave them sit in the performance center um, you look at some of the lads they let go recently Hero that man is a, the, the wrestling genius gimmick that man had was it's not a fucking gimmick the man knows more about wrestling than probably anyone in that company and you cannot tell me that they could not have found a role for him that would have been able to leverage that Lance Storm yeah Lance, yeah, Lance all these guys ridiculous wealth of knowledge younger bit more with the times and said no we're going to get Michael Hayes shown up to the fucking Hall of Fame every year in his ridiculous suits we're going to get Kevin Dunn with his fucking eating corn on the cob and slamming on the different <laughs> fucking buttons for the different cameras <laughs> we're, we're we're going to be stuck dealing with that shit for this foreseeable future but at the end of the day it all comes down to as Fitz said at the start it all comes down to the whims of one man mm. but yeah it's just to me I just think it's, it's, it's just strange that as I said everything else you see that younger crop of as I said the likes of scouts coaches all that stuff coming in and the other day when you look at WWE with the agents and the main trusted guys that they have up at the top there it's it's the same people for 30 years that's that just doesn't work they haven't moved with the times would you bring Paul Heyman into NXT? The thoughts of a Triple H and Paul Heyman led NXT could be fucking insane. Yeah. I I think maybe that's why they called out in-ring performer. You know, he won't be backstage producer or, you know, yeah. a, uh, an executive or anything. I'd be interested to see would Paul Heyman freshen the NXT show up a bit because it is a bit stale at the moment. Well, the, if... if um the media call from NXT TakeOvers had to come from is that Triple H has kind of stepped back from his day-to-day running of NXT somewhat. You know, his new job title that he got there a few months ago was more head of NXT development worldwide rather than the day-to-day running and core functionalities of NXT US. He's not the, not the booker and man anymore then. Potentially. Now, obviously, he still has a massive influence, no doubt, but you can kind of see since NXT went on to the USA Network that they've been main rostered somehow mm. you know the the actual level of production and the content is falling more in line with what you'd expect from uh, a raw or a smackdown rather than what we were used to seeing with nxt on the network now granted like obviously the, you're going, the underground vibe isn't there anymore like exactly yeah. now i know you're going from tape show to a live show so there's obviously going to be elements that they have to streamline just purely for efficiencies and logistical purposes but they they've, they've lost their kind of identity that got them where they were and I think the last month or so especially for me it's been extremely noticeable the drop in quality in NXT extremely you say that's interesting mm. <laughs> I would like AEW has that um, ECW type feel of a um, just a fan base die hard fan base who love everything about the company and are just uh, outlaw rinky dink it's outlaw rinky dink uh, yeah, yeah it's a mud show <laughs> the mud show um, but just love everything about it um, just really passionate about the company um, NXT doesn't have that as much and would you, could Heyman be utilised in some way to drive up that kind of uh, frenzy of the underground feel. There's no more underground feel than Paul Heyman booking a show, or you know, being uh, 
how do you even put it being like an instigator or you know an on-screen presence you know it would it would they would be accused again of going back to the attitude era but that's what they need to do they need that edgier content you know pg content is dead in the water they they've reached a ceiling with what they can do with pg content Oh, well, yeah, there's, a chance, there's a chance you might get some edgier content on SmackDown tonight. Yes, before we go off today, we're going to have a spoiler for SmackDown tonight. We're going to talk about it. Because I can't not talk about it. Because when we do our Smooth Jimmy's Lock of the Week, I cannot just not say <laughs> that this is happening tonight. Okay? It's out okay. there. There's articles everywhere about it. Anyone who doesn't want to listen, we'll give you a fair warning. And we'll end, we'll end the show right afterwards. You're not going to miss anything. But we have to talk about it. Including anyone on the uh, on the podcast itself, if they don't want the spoiler, <laughs> and they can head off after it. But uh, anyway, we'll move on. Uh, speak sure we'll stay with NXT, will we? Say, seeing as we're we're on that track mm. of WWE and NXT, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Fitz, you had in weekend of Candices. This was very funny. No, no, I put in weekend of Candices. Oh, was it you? Okay, sorry. Oh yeah, uh, I watched <laughs> this at like half seven in the morning. Uh, yeah, Thursday morning um, and I pissed myself laughing after the mixed tag match between Gargano and Candice against the limitless one and the limitless one um, <laughs> you're welcome um, Booby and Bocce all over again <laughs> yeah limitless and limitless uh, but yeah so the ending comes where Gargano does his slingshot DDT to Lee but he ends up landing on Candice and squashing her Uh, so obviously she's knocked out and as Lee lifts her up Gargano gets the roll up Candice rolls out of the ring to the floor still knocked out and uh, after the match as Gargano celebrates he's there just like moving Candice's arms around (laughs) she's celebrating and literally all in my head is oh my god this weekend the Candice's (laughs) that's tremendous um (laughs) Yeah, just got, got the fucking huge chuckle out of it. Um, what kind of stuff jumped out from me? Um, Grimes. Cameron Grimes is a fucking star. Vince will hate him, but the man <laughs> is just the really? man. Is, I love Grimes. I think he's I fantastic. want to punch him in the oh, face. Grimey. I, oh, I not, be, not because he's heel. Like I like the fact that he's a heel, but is he's he rubbing me up Guevara? the same way as Baron Corbin rubs me up <gasps> oh you wash your mouth out with soap it's the I, do you know what I hate and I, it, this is this is cross face heel of all shows so this isn't specific to NXT can I just jump in for is, one second for anyone who wants to know why I don't like Sammy Guevara when you're listening to Fitz here when he says Cameron Grimes just say Sammy Guevara I totally agree carry on <laughs> uh, to be fair there's elements to it with Sammy as well and it's it's aimed at new guys so it's it's guys that haven't been on TV before or aren't comfortable yet with their presence on TV when they're delivering a promo and Apollo Crews is fucking guilty of it as, as, as the next person and they're talking <laughs> and they're talking <laughs> and, and they're throwing laughs into their promo because they're so awkward or they don't know what they're saying or it's a fucking nervous tick to some people as well it, it's like fucking nails on a blackboard I hate it with a passion and Cameron Grimes is fucking terrible for it I'll say I find he's worse for that on in-ring promos than his backstage segments. Uh, like I love the angle with him, you know, hiding out backstage and not wanting the fight at Balor. Absolutely love that. That's great heel work. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I like but that. Then, I like that shit. But if oh no, I will agree with you on the in-ring promos, hundred percent. But then I I was so confused why that match went so long and why it was so competitive as it was when that match eventually happened because he was forced to have that match. Then Balor should have won that in three minutes. 
Yeah, but they're, they're, they're still high enough on him because he can he can go in the ring and he can put on, he has that style that works against bigger and smaller guys. I think they want to protect him to a certain degree. He's going to end up with that North American title at some stage. Um, he needs a new finisher as well. That's my last thing. <laughs> it works in certain matches. It's not going to work every match. He definitely needs something new. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like him. I like the whole he's, you know, he's goofy. He's a bit slimy. I like that kind of. I, 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 I like that ho- I like that hokey shit to an extent but when you have that from a man who's walking around in a fucking crown the whole time it <laughs> feels a bit stupid whereas with a character like this I can kind of it suits the character more mm. so that's why I look past it because I expect it now, if you uh, cut it down I, and just I know I know it's going to take time he's only been on TV for a few months and realistically he's only had maybe a handful of appearances on TV uh, and with talking included maybe two or three so fair enough I'm cutting him a lot of slack because of that but it's something he needs to cut out very quickly but his overall gimmick of being that smarmy cocky arrogant cowardly heel great love that yeah. run with that ah yeah well, so if it can coach the, as I said the ticks if it can coach the little ticks out of him he's he's rosy it all ended up then with uh, Cameron Grimes had said that he had a broken jaw and he couldn't compete but uh, he did not in fact have a broken jaw and could compete then Balor beat him and Balor turns to the camera at the end and challenges Keith Lee for the uh, North American Championship and I think I thought it was going to go um, Cole Balor with Balor to yeah. beat the title when the, when the title and Cole moves on um, but maybe it's a case that Keith Lee is going up and I know everyone's like, oh, you, just because you lose the title, you don't move up. I feel like Keith Lee needs to move up. I feel like they're, they're, you need to move Keith Lee to the main roster. He's too good. Um, and it looks like Balor be the one to take the title there. But the biggest thing of the whole show was the end. Hindu share. Hindu share. <laughs> With another dominant victory. Uh, looked a little bit better this time, I guess. I would but, say, uh, one of them, and this this is actually a really good compliment. I can't remember, I can't remember which one is which because I haven't been on TV often enough. There's one of them, and if you watch the way he does his splashes and all that shit, there's very there's there's a lot of fucking talent there. He's a very athletic lad mm. for his size. This is the lad who the the second guy, the guy who didn't start the match. He he gets a hell of a lot of velocity into his fucking splashes, almost Umaga esque the fucking way he manages to hit them things. Right, and that's on the that's on the, of all. Oh. Fits on the does. second can. Ooh, uh, yeah, again now I watched through. again I watched this at like half seven, eight o'clock in the morning after working nine hour shift. But uh it was just one of the things I watched it. I just, I got hints of Umaga out of it. A very yeah. a very green Umanga. But <laughs> And a very live one. Yeah, and a very alive one. Um but there's, there's just I just saw hints Ooh. of it there and I'm like, this guy with, with another year or so in this performance center this lad might actually have a shot at being something so I, lo- I loved you manga that one I was like oh <laughs> he was incredible that, that, that's why I said uh, this is a, I, I mean that as a huge compliment yeah. oh I, I know said, yeah I thought he was fantastic um, I know you missed what Fitz says it's cool <laughs> oh no no I got him oh no I got him they, they badly um, need them though because they, they are crying out for proper tag teams on NXT right now yeah, when you actually look at the division, there really isn't a lot of depth there right now. No, I think um, Breezango is going to be kind of cool. Uh, I like the promo they had this week where it was like, you know, before the bell, we're all fun and games. We're we're astronauts and we're uh, fashionistas, whatever they were saying. But as soon as the bell rings, we're all business, and they are. And there's no messing lie. around with them. And I really enjoyed it. That was my favorite part of NXT this week. 
I probably, it's up there bar the very last scene I'd have it up oh. there oh. that's where I was going before this but um, there definitely does seem to be uh, well they need to because the competition has the best tag team in the world at the moment so they need to start building a little bit and more the revival division <laughs> 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 well uh, while we were talking Balor and Keith Lee there I didn't like the fact that earlier in the show Keith Lee for some reason approached the Undisputed Era and effectively Keith Lee eyed up the NXT title that was around Adam Cole's belt signifying to say that he was going to challenge him for it and then on the same show you'd Balor post-match against um, Grimes. Cameron Grimes oh, calling out Keith Lee's title I thought it's a little bit convoluted you've one guy calling out another man's title and the same guy who owns that title calling out another guy's title you know I'd keep it somewhat consistent and keep it easier to, to follow it's just like Okay, how is Balor going to go for Keith Lee's title if Keith Lee is going to go for Adam Cole's title? It's, I'll it's tell you how. It's very easily done. Merge fight them pit. all? Fight pit. I don't know what I'm trying here, but fight pit. <laughs> Keith Lee Just is going to figure it out in the fight. Onto Balor. Yeah. Triple threat fight pit. Just you know what? figure I, it out I in the fight. I would do pit. it. It's something that they do rarely, but it works when they do it, is have two belts on the one person. So yeah, you have cool. Keith Lee, Balor, and Adam Cole in some form of a triple threat match, not a fight pit match and they winner takes all winner takes both belts you scrapped the North American title because it should never have been a title in the first place god I hate regional based titles when it's not regional specific um, <laughs> but it's the title. secondary call title it, you got call yeah, it a you need the title. USA title <laughs> they need to have the secondary title though but um, oh 100% they need a secondary title but I, I hated the, the North American title from the very first second it was announced just because it was called the North American title why it makes no sense at the same time bring back the European title yeah oh, definitely. for NXT UK oh god I'm RIP okay with that pieces. I'd be all for that uh, can we finally please get to the killer cross down now please thank I, you I, I'm not going to lie as much as I was looking forward to getting to that part I was really just wanting to draw this out so because I knew how much you wanted to talk about it so good but he wasn't on the show so this week good. doesn't matter Scarlet was there and if Scarlet's there he's there you know because they are one they are Mickey, Mickey and Mallory as uh, as uh, what's his face I can't think of his name Morrow Morrow said a takeover um, so you know match Cole and Loomis uh, Cole wins in the main event and then you had the lights are out and out comes Scarlet and she leaves the hourglass and the sand starts to fall just the spotlight on her and the thing it was a great shot when you look back at Cole where it's complete darkness spotlight on the hourglass and we go off the air fantastic loved it what a great way to end the show done it was great but if else. I can only add one criticism to it is that she was no, wearing too much clothes again <laughs> I mean, she's too hot you see they, they, good lord she was so hot why is she wearing so many clothes she's, she's, she's a 10 TVs. and we're all fives it's her whole thing she's a 10 <laughs> we're all fives we don't deserve to see a 10 well I could divide uh, her in two and then we'd be the same she's a, she's a fucking 12 Christ. she's a uh, 12 that one I'd break her into a hey Allegedly, probably. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I know it was really good. Um, I and I thought decent main event match to lead up to it as well. You were there, like just you know the ending. I just switched over for the ending of NXT Chef's Kiss, and I was watching the match. I was like, that's really good match. Really good. Really enjoying it. The whole stuff at Loomis throughout the show was really good. I thought. 
I saw people getting way too into the whole, uh, especially in the opening segment. Oh, so we're we supposed to believe that we can see him and Roddy can see him, but the other two can't see him. It's like, no, the two lads' backs were turned. You fucking pleb, Alvarez. <laughs> um, and I need him to come back. Five or six tweets. Oh, like, but we all saw him and Roddy saw him, but the lads didn't see him. It's like, watch the fucking see back, you absolute dipshit. Watch AEW uh, with the same critical eye you watch fucking everything else, you douchebag. The one that actually has oh, teleportation Lord. in it. Teleportation. <laughs> and people changing uh, clothes in ice buckets. Steve, we didn't like, need an hour of Mauro on commentary. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that was my what did Alvarez do this week moment. Um, times. But yeah, Dexter Loomis, Breakout Star 2020. Don't care, don't at me. He is. <laughs> Move on. Um, uh, the thing with Roddy it was very good though we're like yeah. I, can, I can see him he's in the crowd and we're like no he's not we can't see him and then you see that he was actually in the crowd all along and Roddy's you not know, crazy it's cool. goofy shit but it's yeah. good goofy shit yeah you know it, it takes it, it adds that element of fun to a show which to be fair NXT often doesn't have you know you, you look at you look at AEW and one of the biggest things about it whether you like it or you don't like it is they bring an element of fun to their show whether it's Jericho and his bag of oranges or whatever, you know, there's so many different elements to, to what AEW do to bring elements of fun. Whereas NXT Variety. is typically been a serious show. But it's nice AEW to have that has always fun. had that since since all in, if you look at the embers of AEW, it's a variety show. Yeah. There's always something different. You're not gonna love everything, you're not gonna hate everything, but NXT is very much uh, I don't hate everything, Fitz. The things I go mental for. The simplest little things like an hourglass, you know? It's like good times. Good fucking no, times. I love that. And I'd love to them to continue that and have it go down gradually each time until the last molecule of sand goes down and something happens. You know, long term booking, long term storytelling. Book mm-hmm. it, Bane, me, yes. I, some of this wrestling Twitter interactions were great on Wednesday night when that thing happened. Oh, it was like uh, people were complaining. I assumed they were joking. They were like, his catchphrase is TikTok. Sand, the sand's going through the hourglass doesn't exactly make a TikTok noise. Like, oh, go and jump off a bridge into a fucking moving bus, you weirdo. Was their Twitter name uh, Phoenix AEW? No, no, she well, She was uh, too busy uh, being here for it. Uh, she was for amazing. Wrestle Joy. Hello. Cody, versus, Cody versus Mark Quinn. He did it for us, Gordo. Did it, he did it for us and we're giving it back to him giving it what? right back to him and he can feel it <laughs> what did you guys think of El Hijo del Fantasma Yo. Mendoza so we're wondering what happened Mendoza but here's the question I have right so you've basically if you heard the intro of the show we've basically already covered the segment Drake comes out um, he says he loved the match wants to rematch blah 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 and then the two boys in the mask come out they surround the ring Drake and Phantasma go back to back ready to fight Phantasma turns hops him in the head with a headbutt and so on Uh, but it is revealed that it is uh, Joaquin Wilde and Raul oh why and Raul Mendoza (laughs) I'm so upset that didn't fucking fire damn it anyway um, (laughs) nah nah it was funnier this way um, <laughs> the yeah so they're the boys in the, the masks all along now Tom Phillips says to himself I thought they were kidnapped I did too who kidnapped them if they're the guys in the masks it was all a ruse they kidnapped each other because if you look 
there was only ever three people involved in that whole situation. Because mm-hmm. there was always two kidnappers and someone getting kidnapped. So it was all a ruse by all three of them all along mm. to make it seem that people were getting kidnapped, but they weren't. They were just all in cahoots all along. Yeah. It seems like a lot of trouble to go to, to just headbutt a lad half your size. I but appreciate the, the level of work they went into here. <laughs> it was to make, no, but it was all to make sure that, it was all to make sure that Phantasma wasn't going to be seen as being complicit in all this, but also potentially had the backup that he may need to win the Cruiserweight tournament. Yeah. Now, what did he call himself again? He, they all dropped the masks. Escobar. Escobar. And he will fit in just fine on the main roster in Zelina's uh, faction because when he gets called up, because that's that's the type of guy they go for. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was it was grand. It was an alright episode of NXT. I liked um, everything about that whole Phantasma Mendoza reveal up to the point he took the mask off and said a new name. It's mm. a bit much. I thought, keep it simple, stupid. Um, yeah. But I, I look forward to seeing where they go. You know, the the juice is definitely worth the squeeze in this one. So I think it could be good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode of NXT. Um, move on to AEW, and I wrote down some notes because I watched it live, and I rarely watch AEW live. But live. Um, this was during the week after the revival were on um, Cornette's podcast. A lot of people were very upset with FTR and the words they had to say about Cody in the box and on about bringing Cornette into AEW and they were upset. The it interview worked, was brother. a work. The interview was a work. I mean, there was a lot of real life in there, but you could tell there's a lot of work in there too. Then the the really overly happy people were very upset about this. However, the revival go on to have a fairly standard TV tag match. We've seen them have way better matches ah. than that. It was it's, better than average. Come on. Well, okay. Do you put it up there with their best of their matches? It's if not I was to give it a, If I was to give it a Meltzer rating, I'd give it a good 3.75, four star. Yeah. So, you know, call it. Um, it was the it's best something you'd see on a SmackDown main event or something, you know. It was the but best. Let me, let me finish my point, though. AEW wrestling match, tag match to date. That's yeah. not fucking saying much. But that's my point. This is where I was going. That they were complaining, oh, this, this, this company has such an amazing, all caps, amazing tag team division. And the Revival come in here, have a match that is way beneath what, they're, what they could. That, that's not their tippity top. That's not the best the Revival can do. It was a good match. And they lost their minds over this. They're like, holy shit, how good was this? And all the Revival did was follow the rules, do all their basic stuff. They even had a lot of botches in there. And they were still blown away by it. And I was just like, wow. This is an easy crowd to impress if you're the revival right now. Because you know the tag I, division has been so poor. The matches, uh, the rule stuff has been so poor for so long that they didn't even realize it themselves when they saw a really good tag team. They're like, oh shit, this is something different. They've literally they've forgotten what normal tag team wrestling is. Yeah. So now normal tag team wrestling is not normal to them. Yeah. Do you get me? It's, it's it, and I'm taking nothing away from the match by the way I, I didn't mean to sound I didn't want to dismiss the match or anything but I wasn't exactly going wow this thing was this is worthy of a podcast alone <laughs> you oh know yeah. oh no and like at the end of the day, if you look at the other tag teams that are in that company like they will have much better matches than this and it's like, yeah. not necessarily a huge dig at the Butcher and the Blade but Butcher and the Blade have not set the world on fire since joining that mm-hmm. company and this was probably the best match that they've had since joining, with the exception of the attempt of the was it the Goodnight Express, formerly known as the Shatter Machine, on yeah. 
uh, the butcher, and he literally barely got up off the ground. Uh, that looked yeah, piss poor. That wasn't good. And um, uh, the timing was a bit off on the old Power and Glory uh, finish as well towards the end. So the Revival weren't exactly at their fucking highest no. American Alpha versus Revival level here. But <laughs> yeah, they, they haven't wrestled a match since fucking February. Yeah. A lot, of, know, a, lot of, where, a lot of ring rust. That's where I was going, you know, applying a bit of context here, like Gordo said, it's the first match that they've wrestled on TV in months. It's their introduction to AEW universe in, of tag team wrestling. It's a, a new style of tag team wrestling that AEW fans possibly wouldn't have seen on the show before. It is. And again, you don't want yeah, to you know, blow your load. <laughs> you don't want to blow your load too soon by giving away what you can do. So, oh, you know... It, if you well you never want to blow your load too soon that's always good advice never. eugenics but if um if you, if you if you asked me to book that match for them i genuinely couldn't have booked it any better yep. you know you can fair enough a couple of the spots there where you know the butcher didn't take the shatter machine properly fair enough you know you, you can't it really happens. put that shit happens in any match yeah but in terms of the actual the mechanics of the match the storytelling the using the tag ropes the overly elaborate tags that they were making to prove their point you know all of these nuances that they brought in especially to be seen on camera was perfect couldn't have booked it any better I wouldn't have wanted them to put out a five star match that was a good match I'm not taking anything away from the match I'm just saying that the reaction to it does not compute with Snow the match you got, yeah, but you can't you can't accept the reactions of the Titanium Core for anything, better or worse. I understand that, and the whole thing I'm driving at here is that they're weirdos, and this was a very elaborate <laughs> way for me to mock those weirdos on Twitter. Extremely elaborate. <laughs> shout out to the revival. Shout out to Blood Butcher in the Blade, the referee, AEW, Cody, Tony, Brandy, all the lads. Fair play to you. Great out show. This was purely for me to laugh at people. That's mm. all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, also, this week's new Genix code was text the word huge. To get a free complimentary <laughs> bottle. It's now huge. And that's tremendous. <laughs> Try a bottle. What did you make of the post-match? Uh, oh, this was the Bucks. Uh, take me through it. The Bucks and Page and Omega come out, wasn't it? So the Bucks firstly come out to introduce themselves because they were upset that the Revival made an appearance two weeks ago on Dynamite and they never introduced themselves properly. And uh, Matt Jackson it was said you know introduced themselves as the greatest tag team in AEW that they've been holding down tag team wrestling for a decade and a half you know really hamming it up that this feud is is going to be possibly the biggest feud we've seen so far in AEW because of the the internet rivalry that was created between these two and again before we could get any sort of payoff from this the butcher and the blade come in and attack and that brings out omega and uh, hangman and that brings in uh, super bad death squad which I actually really like that name uh, Kip Sabian and um, Havoc Jimmy Havoc so you know it breaks down again for the second time before we can really get a payoff of FTR versus Young Bucks so again from a booking point of view I loved it I genuinely couldn't fault the booking of either the match or post match Yeah, they're, they're teasing it and they're not having them make contact with each other yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. It's it's such the a no contact is huge. Want. Yeah, yeah. Um, they shouldn't yeah. touch until the match. Just yeah. nothing. Not even a, a shot from behind. Nothing. Yeah, and just when we were talking a couple minutes ago there about the the tag rules and stuff, I really, really, for some reason, want there to be a situation where, would say, for example, FTR have a match against the Lucha Bros. 
I want there to be a situation where if the Lucha Bros aren't holding the tag rope or whatever, and the tag is made and the ref calls for the tag, the lads start correcting the referee on how the rules yeah. aren't being adhered yeah. to. I want them I to start it. correcting the referees on not enforcing the rules. I don't want this to just be them complaining about it on Twitter. I want mid-match this shit to start getting called out. I said to Juan when I was talking to him on Wednesday night during the show, um, you know, he was like, oh, this, you know, all these opportunities for tag teams, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be cool. And he goes, Lucha Bros. I was like, I'm going to need an 80s Rocky style montage before the match where the Revival have to teach the Lucha Bros the tag team rules before they have the match. <laughs> It'd be fucking brilliant. Uh, I think I Antox is right. It'll be FTR and the Bucks uh, at All Out in September. I think that that's the that's the match. Could even main event with that. Gordo's point about you know tag team rules and whatnot. We we were told a few weeks ago whether it was through the dirt sheets I can't remember where it came from, but AEW are developing a, a rule book. You know, could oh. you have it be canon on the TV show that effectively FTR create or initialize the rules of tag team wrestling, and you could bring that into storyline and into matches? Whereas, hey, look, ref told you he wasn't doing it properly and you know they could even do a stupid cut screen to an action replay on the screen and have that showing that they didn't make a tag and you know bring it all into canon bring it all real make it all good and then once you have that all done and you don't overdo it or overkill it then you've got your rules set up and you can you've you've established your your have have a hardback copy of the rule book in their corner that they bring to the ring with them every week that's their gimmick (laughs) They're going to sell them on Pro Wrestling Tees with Forward by FTR. Uh, speaking um, of selling things, you can find uh, AEW figures at your local toy shop coming September. Pre-order now. Mm, interesting. Mm. Um, <laughs> what was the other thing? Uh, oh, I had something else. It'll come to me. Oh, uh, our good friend Jonathan Snowden. Uh, he uh, had a comment. Um, people were saying, you know, it was after, it was during, it was after the Cornet podcast with FTR and all that. And they were like... He said something along the lines of, oh yeah, great, we're going to have matches with rules like 1970s AWA, can't wait, it's your yawn or ah. something he said. And then yeah. somebody said, you know, well, you know, I think, you know, the rules are there for a reason, you know, they, they help control the way the match is booked and the, the high spots, the hot tags, the, the heel work, cutting off the ring, all that stuff. And his comment was, Jim Ross was like that at the start of AW, it was exhausting. I'm like, just because something different oh is coming into gosh. your little world... This is, you know, like we people that don't like stupid shit, like say Orange Cassidy. A lot of people don't like it. They still like AEW. They put up with Orange Cassidy. Do you know, like you're gonna have to have these things that you don't particularly like. You can't fucking love everything. Joy, it's yeah, but rules are one of the most basic concepts within any sort of sport. You know, go fuck yourself. The story. Go and eat all of the penis. The storylines are told around those uh, around those rules in tag team matches. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't with these people. But um, the other thing I noticed, I had another note. Uh, Jericho was on commentary and he was fantastic. Um, yeah. And I had the note and I put it on Twitter. Jericho, in one sentence, did more than anybody in this company in over a year to attempt to explain the Orange Cassidy character slash wrestler. And he said he's like a pool shark. He lulls you into a false sense of security and then explodes with energy. That's all I needed, and I'm on board. Now I get it. In, in in my head, that's all I needed was somebody to say that to me and go, "He's a pool shark. He's a, he's yeah. a hustler. That's what he's doing." Well, to it be still fair, doesn't make any, sense. Anyone could have said that to you, and you wouldn't have believed it. But as soon as Jericho says no, it, you believe. No, sir. I'm, no, I'm, if I'm, a I'm person on the show, I know, I know. But a person on the show on commentary says that. If Jr. said that eight months ago, 
Like Orange Cassidy would have less detractors. Or yeah. doesn't understand. <laughs> JR doesn't get it. But I'd like to think a lot of people took that because that tweet went, you know, I got a lot of likes and retweets for that one. So it did seem to strike a chord with people. Yeah. And well, yeah. I, I think there's an element of attraction to the uncertainty and the unknowing of who or what Orange Cassidy is as well. There's a there's almost a romance to Orange Cassidy because you don't really understand him. True. Yeah. True that, true that. Um, um, anything else? What do I have? The three tag matches in a row is a bit odd. Um, yeah. I need to probably not do that. Yeah. I noticed it just because it was like it was FTR's debut and then it's like, here's another tag match and here's another tag match. And there's three book for next week. You should definitely space them out a bit. Well, to be fair, one of the there. tag matches was the women. True, but it was still a tag match, you know, and <laughs> that was the only thing I didn't quite get. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. what else? I've taken notes from another website, so they're far more detailed than mine ever are. So help me I out. I was wondering where they came from, to be fair. <laughs> uh, WrestlingNewsSource.com or something like that. Where all of your news sources come from, I don't know. The promo, uh, people were raving about the Joey Janela and um, Sonny Kiss, Kiss thing. Hmm. Bit of a, an 80s vibe to that, a drive kind of feel to it. It was kind of cool. I thought it was grand, but I didn't think it was to the level of the reaction I saw for it on Twitter. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, did I miss something there? It's a, weird level, cool. of, it's a weird level of stand-up there. How hmm. to say this without being controversial. Oh, Fitz, say nothing, please. Thank uh, you. We're not, no, I, not, I, I, not in this I, economy. Not nothing in this economy. N- nothing libelous here, don't worry. But <laughs> this is the most we've seen of Sonny Kiss on Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the Sonny first Kiss's time he's been on. Sonny Kiss's whole appeal is that he's different. And Twitter loves different. Twitter loves Sonny Kiss. And mm-hmm. when Sonny Kiss does something, Twitter loves it. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so now, how do you fit? Well I, I had a lot of restraint there. Um, Jesus, it's like going through a fucking military fucking... Uh, <laughs> you ran the gauntlet there with all the fucking trip-ups you could have had. I know, I don't want um, to get sued again. I'm just going to move on quickly while we're on top. Um, we had hey, Brian Cage... Giggity. Brian Cage and Moxley thing was great, I thought. Just a quick, yeah. you know, segment backstage where they beat the shit out of each other. And Cage ducked a baseball shot by Moxley, or the other way around, I can't remember exactly. But it was really, really close to hitting the guy in the head and smashed into the side of the car window. Mm-hmm. It was just like, there was no margin for error there. There's some fucking quality guys there doing that. Um, is there a wellness policy in AEW? I would imagine so. Why would just you suggest otherwise? There. Just saying most people don't look the way um, Brian Cage looks. Without um, well, years and years of human growth, growth hormone, but I wouldn't look be accusing anyone of that now. Look, the way I would look at that is also I don't just care say if you do that. Couldn't care. Ray Mysterio <laughs> and one of the Singh brothers and Jinder Mahal, they all reemerged on national TV, looking a lot differently than when they left it. Mm. Now, what people do on their off time is their own business. But when yeah. they're showing up to shows and they're getting tested, that's different business. Read from that what you will. Personally, so that, I so have never cared. knee injury is all a work. There is actually <laughs> rumors that it is a work, but I don't think it is. Um, if people do steroids in wrestling, I really don't care. If it was done properly and professionally, um, I, it doesn't make any difference to me. These guys in my head are actors. Uh, they're uh, acrobats, whatever you want to put oh, yeah. it. They're... They're not, they're not in a professional sport. It doesn't make any difference to me. 
no, if you do them or not. So I'm only taking. I'm only having the. Yeah, I'd like in this to day see and age, back. absolutely. But in this day and yeah. age, there is many ways to healthily take yeah. steroids for performance enhancement or muscle build or whatever way you want to do it. It's not like the 80s where you were fucking shearing needles and injecting yourselves in fucking dirt fucking track bathrooms and yeah. whatnot. It's it's a different universe than what you think wrestlers doing steroids. Unfortunately, you think so the likes of Eddie Guerrero and uh, mm. Chris Benoit. It's a different universe than when those guys were doing it. Yeah, if it's done by a medical professional, so I'm yeah. okay with it. Look at Lance Star- look at Lance Archer. Look at Lance um, fucking Armstrong for fuck's sake. Mm. You know, blood transfusions. You know, well, to be, actually, he had a thirty for thirty two parter up on um, uh, Fox is it, or which? Who does that? Uh, the ESPN, I think, wasn't it? ESPN. Yeah, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I want to. It's I mean, on my agenda it. for this weekend to watch, so that could be good. But yeah, the point is, look, you're right, Steve. If if someone wants to get jacked for whatever reason, whether it's Vince McMahon wants them to look bigger on TV, you know, allegedly Vince McMahon, um, but uh, it's fine. Just you know, don't be a dick about it. Mm. Couldn't care less. Um, Brody Lee uh, has seems to have recruited Colt Cabana after Colt oh, lost to Sammy. Twitter Cabana. reaction. The Twitter reaction. But <laughs> oh, Twitter. Oh, people are oh, heartbroken. P- people were so heartbroken when he walked through that door. Why? Colt. He's joining the Dark Order, Fitz. Because yeah, everything the on AEW is real. Still real to them, damn it. But this is interesting. I know, but it's still a broke the my heart. Good. Yep. That's the whole point. I yeah. still broke by my heart. They're not allowed to be sad fits. They have to, they have to <laughs> be able to be type in happy. all caps. I suppose, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's not called Wrestle Sad, it's called Wrestle Joy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and shout out to Dick Van Klondike. His Twitter oh, account has yes. been fucking amazing this week. I went down for a cigarette one of the days around lunchtime last week, and I was just scrolling through our uh, wrestling feed. I was like, Who, what are we doing following one of these fucking idiots and I was like oh, oh it's Dick Van Klondike what the fuck is going on here and I went back and he's doing a, an AEW Stan Twitter account and it is mwah, chef's kiss it's Who so good to an AEW Stan Twitter account he committed to it better than other people I'll, I'll put it that way <laughs> <laughs> I still think that there's money in that handle there's money in the handle and there's money in the logo that was created um, I might sell it to uh Oh, here you go. I might sell that to one of these boys. Might make a good $20 off that one or something. It's a nice little handle. It'll cover the cost for one month. (laughs) Um, Cody defended against Mark Quinn in the main event. And then following that match, uh, here's something I thought I might bring up. Um, Not necessarily my opinion, but something I was kind of thinking about. I've seen a couple people mention it. Nothing huge, but... Are they going to kind of leave the final quarter hour open for NXT for doing cool shit? Because it's always going to be, in the in the short-term future, it's always going to be Cody retaining the title every week if he's always in the main event. Are they giving NXT a bit of a layup there? Because there's no need, I didn't even watch it this week. I didn't watch the match, I'll be honest. I switched over to NXT because I knew, because I mean, Cody's not losing to Mark Quinn. I mean, whatever. I hope that they don't do it main event slot every yeah. week because like you said it becomes extremely predictable and then you could book around it uh, the match itself was grand they sold the injury that Mark Quinn had from the previous week um, and they did it as best as good like it was a grand match nothing spectacular nothing bad 
But if they if they do this every week, like you said, and especially now that they've booked the Cody versus Hager for 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 one of the nights of Fighter Fest, which is three weeks away, you know that for the next three weeks or two weeks or whatever many weeks until the show, he's not losing. So whenever yeah. that segment is on, it's it's giveaway TV effectively. Yeah. So if you've that in the middle of NXT, NXT is like right. Let's book some good shit for the end of the show. Let's yeah. Let's yeah. let's put let's put Lee and Balor in that situation. Mm, up against fight up against up against Cody versus Hager, which was a match on main yeah. event like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, cool. True, yeah. You know, it's it's gone from being on main event to being the main event. Cool, grand. <laughs> here we'll have Balor versus Lee for the North American title. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a bit of a layup for them. I think they need to be careful with that. Uh, I didn't bring up Taz during the cage stuff. Taz is fucking great. Just having Taz on TV again is mm. so good. Um, but he's old. And he's going to carry. Yeah, but who he's cares? He's old. Man? He's not new. Yes, like what's he done on the Indies? That's true. Yeah, <laughs> we heard. Where's the hard yards put in by Taz? Where's the Jews paid? Um, One of the Billy Gunn is going to touched on yet was what? Orange Cassidy getting attacked. And the subsequent oh yeah sorry from I meant that. to yeah, this, was, this is the only way to get you some an orange <laughs> <laughs> damn it oh, that's a good one the fucking Mendoza was right there though you know oh, no, the Mendoza, no the Mendoza is the winner the Mendoza was the winner yeah. there was no beating Mendoza yeah. for this week uh, this yeah. did make me think if AEW had Rockstar Spud would Jericho be Potato Man <laughs> Potato man, where the devil have you been? <laughs> um, yeah, so Jericho, um, the Orange Cassidy got a, a crucifix win on one of the lads from LAX or uh, Proud and Powerful, Ortiz, whichever. I'm not sure which one it was, but one of the guys from Inner Circle took the pin, and that, then they proceeded to beat the living piss out of Orange Cassidy and a 20 pound bag of blood oranges, and uh, Jericho hits him in the head with it. And what was the line at the end? There was something like, oh, it was something about Orange Cassidy. Oh, Blood Orange Cassidy has been juiced. Or something yeah. said on the, yeah. on the, yeah. It was fantastic. Ah, Jericho and Orange Cassidy could be fun. But it sets it up for next week. And this is what I, I wanted to kind of touch on was, it's going to be less ex-gods of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara against best friends. And... Best Friends demanded this match because of the beat down to Orange Cassidy. And to get the match, they offered to give up their number one contendership for Fighter Fest. I love that concept. It doesn't really matter with the story. Like, the story around it can be good, bad, or indifferent. But ultimately, and Jimmy Van touched on it on the list in your boy this week for Fightful, he's like, wrestling should be about two things. Wrestling a match should be about two things should be about revenge because you want to beat up somebody or it should be for money for a prize fight. Ultimately, there are the two reasons for having a wrestling match. This makes absolute fucking sense that they wanted revenge for the beatdown in Orange Cassidy and the only way that they could get it was by putting up something for that match. Yep. Yeah. Logic. Basic shit That's and you fine. don't see enough of that. In WWE, you lose two weeks in a row to Shayna Baszler and yet you get put into a fucking title match. Where is Shayna Baszler? Uh, God only knows. Uh, I just want to touch on what Fitz said about this whole thing. You know, you have to have your reasons of why you have these fights. I want, and I'm going to throw back to NXT because that's where I thought of this. Cameron Grimes going on about how he was going to be going 2-0 against Balor. And he said it three or four times. And always in my head was, I would love 
when people were coming out for matches, if they'd done something similar to obviously how AEW show, you know, here's your singles head, here's your singles record for this person this year. Can you imagine if someone was to do a head-to-head? Oh, oh God! Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, if you done that in WWE, you have you have to try and book Asuka versus <laughs> Nia Jax, and it's like Asuka is twelve and zero against Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. But most you know, of the other people would just be 50 50 Exactly. And that's probably, the that's board, why they yeah. can't do it is because of the 50-50. Yeah. But I'm like, can you imagine if a, a company actually went with that whole thing of like, as a Black versus Murphy? You can mm-hmm. use it to build a story of he has, Murphy has yep. never beaten Alistair Black and we get to like 7-0 and or whatever. But this is, and that's the one where Murphy gets it. It just adds that bit of extra importance oh, to it. 100%. The rankings in AEW make such a difference to oh, yeah. the logic behind booking and I was actually shocked this week when they had the backstage promo with um, Dustin and QT. And I was like, why the fuck are they getting a title match? This makes absolutely no sense. I looked at the rankings. They're 4-0 and as a tag team. They're the number two ranked tag team and number one ranked are best friends who already have a match at Fighter Fest. It's like, they're the next team up. It's like, it doesn't, like, it's fucking, it's manufactured logic, of course. It's fucking pro wrestling. But mm. it's it's logic. You want to give a title match to someone to fill a slot on a TV show, you give it to the next available team who just happens to be these team because they fucking won four matches on Dark. Again, you know, not great logic, but there's absolute logic that you can say, okay, I can see why they did that. Not just poking, plucking some team out of fucking the mid-card and saying, here you go, there's some TV time, you haven't been on TV in a while, and you're under why and, it's happening. Antox put in the stat that I had last week that he's 33, and he, he apparently in another way to look at it, he's 30. One and zero, maybe it's this year or whatever. But Alistair Black, thirty-three and run on thirty-three and one on the main roster, having only been beaten by AJ Styles since he got called up, and that was in a gauntlet match. Yeah, yeah. So why has he got a title shot? Any title shot for any of the titles? Yeah, despite being thirty-three and one, and they're not even using that as canon on TV show. Nope, no. It was just something somebody brought up. So that that makes no sense, or it is irrelevant to a large degree until they use that on the show but that's yeah. the thing it should be a case that this, someone should know because if you WWE are just famous for their 50-50 booking mm. if someone wins this week you'll be they even did it with um, Candice and, and the lads there as well on, on between TakeOver and NXT yeah. the 50-50 yeah. that as well up with Lee and Gargano so, so the fact that when you have Black a guy that you've gone out of your all way these matches it's, it's yeah. not by accident that this is happening obviously this is a creative exactly decision yeah. but why aren't yeah. they leaning into it why aren't they making it a thing I think they're, they're, going? they're keeping them warm they're waiting until yeah. something is ready or until Drew needs an opponent or the title opportunity comes that they could put the belt on him they're waiting for something but again use it as canon and then you can know you have this frustrated character who's winning loads of matches but doesn't get a title shot yeah. you know use it to develop a story rather than just an unused prop if, if, it, if, if AJ hadn't been moved to SmackDown, I would have said he would. They were waiting for there to be a title on AJ, mm. and as soon as mm. AJ wins that title, Black's music hit and comes out to be the first challenger because it's the only match he's ever lost on the main roster. Yeah, yeah. would have been simple. Yeah, too easy. You know, try a bottle. Um, try a bottle. Trust me. Um, she'll like it too. Guys over forty, you need new Gen X. I'm just saying that right now. Um, it's a new formula or testosterone or whatever the fuck they're talking about anything else uh, why is Ali not in the sex cult anymore and why is the sex cult not a sex cult I, I I don't know but I guess we're going to be told next week possibly 
you know she's obviously she's leading on QT Marshall for whatever reason we don't know yet Dustin is trying to smarten him up but Jericho on commentary was fucking great he's like of course he trusts her he gave her a jacket <laughs> she should be at ringside you give her a jacket damn it <laughs> that's brilliant he's her girl or he's his girl or whatever oh, yeah, that's perfect like, again it's it's one of those things that you know it looks weird now and we'll, but we'll have to wait and see how they pay it off to, to judge it properly uh, it, it is weird that she went from sexy bunny to side piece sexy with, side piece with, with, with no real logic <laughs> behind it yeah yeah if it gets her on TV more, I'm all for it. So, so apparently Excalibur has been needling her um, on why that is on Dark, and she's been dodging the question. So I guess, yeah, maybe maybe they're trying to, uh, th- the sex cult of Butcher Bunny Blade are trying to infiltrate the Nightmare family somehow. Maybe. Oh, oh jackets. Good. It's all about them jackets, son. It's a nice jacket, to be fair. <laughs> what else is left? Um, overall, I thought it was a good show. Um, MJF and Billy Gunn. I think you were going to touch on that before I interrupted you. Oh, yeah, yeah. MJF is going to fight Billy Gunn next week. Is it on Dynamite or Dark? Or? Dynamite. Dynamite. Dynamite, okay. It. Again, cool. again, I, I liked it. it. It all makes sense. You know, things that they do, they don't do them by accident, you know. And that's what I liked. You know, he MJF insulted Billy Gunn, saying he's going to get another son hired at the company kind of a thing. And Billy Gunn mm. said, don't you talk about my family, boy. And Billy and MGF immediately cowards away and calls Wardlow over to protect him. You can see the fractions between MGF and Wardlow. So there's a, there's an element of mistrust there creeping in. And I don't I know like how they're going to the, pay uh, it off. I'm Jeff Wynn or whatever, but I like the way they pulled in how to, so they could call him Billy Gunn on different TV show. So it was Billy with Austin Gunn. It's like <laughs> it was Cody like the thing with Brandy Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cody with Brandy Rhodes. Uh, yeah that worked out quite well uh, where is my god why did I copy it off this goddamn website so many details we never go into um, the ratings then it was 677 673 so kind of virtually identical this week can AW you bring that in a digit it. can you bring it in a digit see how we go on AW are 31 to 6 over NXT uh, as of June 10th our score then is currently AW17, NXT19. So where do we go today? I'll um, kick it off nice and easy for me. I, I very much enjoyed uh, AEW this week. There wasn't really a down point for me. And I questioned too many things of NXT this week. Okay. I... I'm torn a bit. Yeah, I'm the same. I like I enjoyed both of them. I think if we're looking across both shows I think it's one of the strongest Wednesdays we've had in a while um, I think I don't know I just like the fact that NXT had that one arc throughout the whole thing of Loomis obviously we had mm. the the whole Phantasma slash Mendoza <laughs> um, thing. I, I thought I just thought the main event of AW was just a bit weak for me I don't know. I I, th- I thought it ended on a bit of a lull, so I think that's dragging it down a bit. Despite their FTR opening the show and been very good. Um, I think for the go throughout and for not having that lull at the end, I'm going to have to go NXT because NXT just ended on an absolute pop, whereas for me, AEW ended on that bit of a downward. Mm. Did they, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I watched both of these when, shows, which one ended on a note that would make me want to tune in next week, 
it's NXT. Whereas AEW, I was like, I don't need to watch Cody face somebody next week when I know he has a title match against somebody else in three weeks' time. Yeah, it's that's a good point. Um, Both of us had the had their down, but for me, the fact that NXT ended the way it did is the cherry that just just pips the pips it at the post for me. Yeah, I'm so torn that I might let chat pick my one because I'm not sure. Um, I loved NXT this week. Um, I stuck with AEW for the first time, the whole way up until the main event, and. It was only because I thought something cool might happen in the Cole Loomis thing that I switched over. I probably would have stayed if it wasn't for the predictable kind of, you know, we knew what was going to happen. So I was, I had no fear of missing anything by switching over at that point. Yeah. Um, I'll probably give it to AEW because it's the first time in, since last year, that I stuck with it live and didn't turn it off in pure frustration. <laughs> so I, I'll give it, uh, it's night and day, lads. It's completely night and day from where it was. Um, they've totally recovered the show and it's showing in our results as well NXT was running away every week it was, NXT was probably 10-15 points ahead at one point on our results or on our score and the score is now 18 AW 19 NXT so they have pulled back this year last couple of months really more so uh, but yeah. I think yeah AW probably that was a, uh, it's a toss up between the two for me in, in many ways but um, the revival are there, so immediately you have my attention. <laughs> the way I kind of look at it, and you made sense of Orange Cassidy from for the first time in years of knowing this guy. That someone actually went, you know what? That makes a lot of sense to me now. He's a pool hustler, you know that kind of way. Mm. Something like little things like that. I like those little touches. Um, I could do without Britt Baker. I know I'm alone in that. I could do without Sammy Guevara. Um. You're things like that, that. <laughs> uh, I, d- I doubt I can't be I think I'd be more alone in my Britt Baker take than Sammy Guevara but possibly uh, maybe only, I'm I, not maybe I'm not the Brit thing uh, they're, they're very unlucky that you know she was really about to peek out of her character and you know, blow up in that respect and obviously they just want to keep her relevant for as long as possible if, if it's not going to be a super long term injury so I yeah. can see why they're keeping her there she wasn't as um, prominent this week as she was the previous so that was kind of nice um, but again there's so many people ringside that I don't recognise right is, is, is oh. easy from, from tough enough there as well like he is in NXT for some reason <laughs> so uh, Jericho kept his hate for the pineapple Pete going during yeah. that oh yeah that was, that was funny he was like I hate that guy Jericho and Shiavon are an amazing combination on, on commentary yeah just a breath of fresh air Jericho will work in wrestling for the rest of his life if he wants to because he's the best commentator in the game when he decides to turn it on. It's ridiculous. The man can do no wrong. It's a joke. Yeah. Um, we we'll, we can kind of briefly touch on Raw even though we kind of covered it already a bit but the Charlotte thing I guess is something we should really kind of talk about. Love so it. Charlotte lost, yeah. So Charlotte lost the NXT title on Sunday night by not being pinned. She then opens Raw in a tag match. Well, it was supposed to be a singles match, but it ended up being an impromptu tag. Would you believe it, lads? During the break, the match was made official. Oh, my. Oh, my. A triple threat hala, tag hala. match uh, between Iconics, uh, Boss and Hug, and Charlotte and Asuka. That puke noise was just added in scientifically afterwards. And um, Charlotte, Charlotte's team, of course, wins after Charlotte had... Or she was about to hit the moonsault, but Asuka tagged herself in and uh, put Yuan in the Asuka lock. So Charlotte 
wins there, but that wasn't good enough. She had to go and pin the goddamn champion, the fucking women's champion, on the go home show for the greatest wrestling match ever, Backlash. Yay. Hooray. Ah, good lord. Good yeah. fucking God. Uh, problem with this like, is they don't have Becky now, so they're having to lean on Charlotte because they don't think anyone else can take up that mantle. I'm going give to give a chance. Them a lot of credit, and they really don't deserve this credit. So I, I'm 100% expecting to be extremely disappointed when this doesn't come to fruition. But they're booking Charlotte now like they should have booked Roman four years ago. You know, have her be everywhere. Have her be so obnoxiously omnipresent that you absolutely vitriolly hate her. Whereas people were indifferent to Roman Reigns because they really didn't go balls deep enough with him. But Charlotte is appearing on all shows, winning matches left, right, and center. I would love her to be added to the triple to the match on Backlash and to win the title beating Nia Jax, just because oh, ultimately God. that's going that's going to build her to a level of where you want to pay money to see her lose. You know, Roddy Piper has that famous quote from uh, him and Warrior back one of the WrestleMania's early days, where it's like, they, people didn't pay money to see uh, Warrior win the match. They paid money to see him lose the match. And that's mm. where I hope they're bringing Charlotte because they're, they're leaning into it well with her promo work and the fact that she's fucking everywhere. And I'm hoping that this is where they're going. But if they can have her win the title without beating Asuka, because we shouldn't see Asuka ever lose ever, 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 then you ultimately build up to Asuka finally overcoming Charlotte at SummerSlam or wherever it may be. And if you have a live live crowd with that, that would be absolutely hot. Yeah. No, it, it is working because apparently there's a petition going around to stop Charlotte Flair getting title wins. <laughs> uh, you see, her to retire. Yeah, there's another one. I'm not sure was it a GoFundMe or something or a petition to try and get Andrade to knock her up. <laughs> well, she is 35, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, run about there. Let's not buy it. Let's not go down that taken. road. But they oh, can't have. They can't lose Charlotte. The and Becky. TikTok. Um, have Scarlett come yeah. out. Just fucking have Scarlett come out after Charlotte's next NXT match. You just put the hourglass up. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we should uh, when Fitz has to take a quick break um, but we should definitely look at uh, moving on to the uh, the Pretty backlash predictions to move things on a bit yeah um, um, well just while he's having that your thoughts on the decathlon oh dude <sighs> at least they didn't labour on each segment there was loads yeah. of segments that just went on and on, but I've just haven't been enjoying the uh, the Street Profits and Raiders thing at all. No, it's it was it was a it was a in my eyes it's a poor rehash of when Matt Hardy and MVP were doing their challenges. Yeah, years ago, and that's all I can see. And I enjoyed when Matt and MVP done it, but this just feels like a lazy way of doing it with people who deserve better. I mean, these are two very good tag teams. Have them fucking wrestle. You yeah. know, it's it's uh, it's easy. Try ball. Uh, actually, also when Rollins was on commentary for the Mysterio thing, and out of nowhere, you just see the camera on Rollins's face and he's talking, and you just see Black come in out of shot, <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere, and just take him out. That was brilliant. Uh, 
you also had the peep show as well where they had christian fire edge up by you know saying i don't think you can do this and trying to get that fire out of edge it was kind of cool as well yeah that was pretty um, decent uh, as you said you had uh, uh lipc even when they win they lose uh mm-hmm. good lord that was yeah yeah um, so he Andrade pinned Garza in the Kevin Owens triple threat match to become the number one contender for yeah. Apollo Crews. Like, they just had this match and now they're putting it on the pay-per-view again. Yeah. Um, actually, one thing I did notice, and uh, I'm going to give some credit to one weird pairing that uh, uh, happened during that triple threat women's non-title tag team match. There was a really nice sequence in that right near the start between Sasha and Peyton Royce that I was like, I did not expect... And it was like, crisp high octane good 30 seconds to a minute of a really good sequence and I was like shit I did not expect that I'd like to see more of these two against each other then um, Billy Kay comes in and fucks the whole thing up because she can't wrestle she can't but leave her alone shots fired we have to move on to ba- backlash predictions because we've been on for ages now yeah um, so US title match Apollo, Apollo Cruz versus Andrade they can't can they they can't do it already I think they're nuts if they take it off but now with the changes I would not be surprised to see Andrade win so I'm going to say Andrade yeah I think why is he back there already to lose again yeah unless maybe maybe just a match they threw on last minute unless Drew is winning and we're getting Andrade versus Drew going forward for the title as a proper feud in the run up to SummerSlam then cool but Otherwise, Andrade has to win this. Then don't book the match. They should have that shit wrote on every wall of every meeting room they use for any creative meeting. They should have a flag that they have to put up in the room where they host their creative meetings in every arena. Why will you book this match? I wouldn't mind. You had an easy out. Have Angel Garza win the fucking triple threat yeah. thing. Yeah. Apollo Garza, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Fucking barn burner of a match would have been incredible. Mm. Great match to open the show, set things off right, and put pressure on everyone else that has to follow it. Bang, done. But no, no, we, we have all, to have are, this. Are we all saying Apollo then? I'm saying Andrade. Okay, I'll say Apollo. I will think it's, about it more. <laughs> all right, we move on. Yeah, <laughs> um, do do do. Uh, so a triple threat match for the women's tag team championships Bailey and Sasha versus who are the champions versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics who, you, who do you got champions Iconics whoa you talked over each other there Cordo go I, I'm saying Iconics I'm going champs retain uh, yeah it'd be too soon wouldn't it to take them off and they only won it like 12 seconds ago so. exactly the the, cha- like, the the belts on Sasha and Bailey are a prop for their ultimate downfall uh, so yeah. they, they need a little bit more time to develop that uh, fraction uh, plus the winners of this match are defending on NXT next week against yeah, and it gives them uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. oh shit it gives right. them an excuse to move Sasha and Bailey around on TV That's... without 
Uh, oh, speaking of which, is the is the wildcard 2.0 thing gone already? Have they already realised uh, it was dumb as fuck? Potentially. It hasn't been referenced since uh, Charlotte, yeah. so who knows? Since the first week, it hasn't been referenced. Yeah. So yeah. I'm assuming it's gone. So this is an excuse for them to, because the tag belts can float, the women's tag belts, so they can put them on yeah. all three shows without having to worry about the continuity of it. Yeah, I yeah. forgot the Shotzi Tegan match was happening. Unless they were going to put it on the Iconics and then hot shot them off the Iconics onto Tegan and Shotzi then yeah no uh, champs are going to retain yep Sasha Bailey going to retain there yeah. the next match Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus there is a segment tonight which we'll talk about after this which is a, we're going to spoil what the segment is or one element of it I have to go now my people need me Fitz you, you're, you're going to want to hear about this <laughs> I, I, I actually, actually kind of really do excited. but I actually do have to go uh, I have a work thing oh okay now. are you going now is it yeah okay well give me rapid fire ask Anaya Jax uh, if it says a singles match, Asuka. Uh, Braun, Miz, and John Morrison. Braun Strowman to power slam both of them to win the match. Drew Bobby. Bobby Lashley. Black Lives Matter. Oh, Edge and Red, Randy Orton. Uh, you can't have Orton lose both of them, so I'm going to go Orton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go away then, Fitz. We'll talk to you later. I love you a long time. Bye, Dalla. Bye bye. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Much bye. love, HH. Uh, much love HH uh, so Jeff Hardy and Seamus then Gordo uh, they've got to give it to Jeff surely no. we'll, we'll touch on this later but they've got to give this to Jeff yeah I'm going to go Seamus and we'll talk about it after this oh. we'll talk about it afterwards yeah. alright will you? <laughs> you you're in for a tweet tweet treat good <laughs> lord <laughs> I ruined my own joke. Asuka and Nia Jax. Asuka. Uh, Depot. Are, are you really going to have Nia go like 0-13 against Asuka? Yeah, and I have a funny feeling Fitz might be right about this becoming a triple threat match on Sunday. Cause, yeah. Because Charlotte pinned Asuka and she'll want in. Yeah. I think it'll be nuts to have Asuka lose, but the way this company is going at the moment, I don't know. Um, I'll say Asuka to retain though. Yeah, I think Asuka as well. Uh, Braun Strowman versus The Miz and Morrison versus or for the it's a two on one handicap match I assume it's a tag rule type handicap match for the universal title I'd imagine so I think Fitz could be as, as much as I would love to see co-champions fuck it do something stupid uh, you know yeah. it's, there's no fans in attendance you can do something a bit idiotic um, and as much as I'd love to see Jomo with a title I still think Braun power slamming both of them to win is the likely outcome here. Yep, I'm going Braun as well. Um, so, what do you make of our thoughts on the the Drew McIntyre Lashley match? Considering there's changes coming to Raw, clearly, are they going to break class and sort of go, okay, let's do it to Lashley. Let's put Lashley the the belt on Lashley, and uh, see I... how that goes. Think Lashley is finally going to get his wish of having his match with Lesnar at SummerSlam as the champion. Yeah, I think that was. Wow. I think I think they're going to see that as being the marquee match of MMA fighter versus MMA fighter, Lashley versus Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think the title's going to be on the line. So I think. Ooh. And, and you, everyone who knows me, knows how much this has to be killing me to say. I think Bobby Lashley is going to be is going to beat Drew McIntyre, who is a man who I have 
nothable lover. I fucking love Drew. I think he's a real nice guy. Lucky enough to meet him a couple of times. Really sound lad. But he's going to lose to one of my least favorite wrestlers that ever existed. Oh, I'm going to stay with Drew. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. There, uh, there could be changes afoot. It will break my heart if this happens. Yeah. And then Edge versus Orton, which apparently went 35 minutes. Greatest wrestling oh, match ever. Dear Lord. They, Sorry, the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, the greatest wrestling match ever, Backlash. Um, Backlash. I will say, the only thing with this is, it went 35-ish minutes what they taped. Mm. This can be spliced. Mm. I would not be surprised if this is a case of they go watch this back and they see, cool, we can cut this headlock cool the sequence on the outside didn't work we can cut this part out here I would not be surprised if they look at certain pieces of this and trim it down this could well be only around about a 20 minute match even though they recorded 35 Hopefully. minutes considering that Vince had wanted the shorter pay-per-views now as well because yeah. Money in the Bank was over in 33 minutes yeah. or whatever it was <laughs> so you know, um, the whole pay-per-view I, I do want to touch on something um, just around the billing of this I, I, I said it in the super secret production chat the other day does this because uh, I, I think I tweeted it out as well when I was watching does this feel like it should have been a Saudi show a little bit the way the highest wrestling match ever backlash yeah the way they have that ridiculous tagline that they only ever really use for Saudi yeah. shows with the exception yeah. of the one night of the year where Raw and Smackdown superstars go head to head in direct competition they never really yeah. have these taglines on main card shows no. well obviously and Wrestlemania being too big for just one night well they they use the big tagline but they don't put it in the graphic do you yeah. know what I mean they don't put it in the, every logo is this the greatest wrestling match ever backlash the greatest Royal you know, Rumble the largest was, battle uh, royal we've ever seen yeah. The prestigious two wake trophy. There's always a, a ridiculous hook for something that they yeah. have on these Saudi shows. And I'm wondering the was this supposed to be it? I, I assume so, because the Saudi show would have been around now. Yeah. After Money in the Bank. Yeah. So there you go. Um, um I am going to say Edge and end it, please. Please, God, we don't need to see the Edge for. I need Edge uh, going up against new people that he wa- weren't around when he was around. Yeah. Don't need Edge Orton anymore. I really, Please I, go away. I really, really want Edge Champa. There you go. There's one. There's I a really, lot there. Really, yeah. Although we'll probably get Orton Champa if it's be going by. Looking like that's a work. Yeah. Because Orton did an interview and talked about it. Therefore, it work in my opinion. Yeah. So. Uh, I will not um, be surprised to see more guys dropping to. NXT stuff to try and get them ratings up a bit potentially uh, uh, so what are you guys going to settle on I'm going Edge I think I'll go Edge because I, yeah. I don't think they're going to do a hat trick of Edge or matches and I don't think 50-50 this makes much sense so okay so now we're coming to that's our backlash predictions we're giving you a Smackdown spoiler for tonight well, if you don't do, want to do know wanna, do you want to do the, the best worst stuff first uh yeah, we'll do best worst stuff then. What's the best match of the week for you, Gardo? Probably shouldn't have said that because now I can't think of it. Um, yeah, well, I I, got, I think uh, Priest and Balor was mine. Yeah, I think Priest Balor for including Takeover for going just TV matches. Um, just for how happy I was to see them back on TV, I would say FTR just because it's FTR. Um, cool. We I know the match had issues, but I was just really happy to see them on TV again. So. Uh, worst match then 
if we're going NXT uh, for a good takeover, I've, I hate to say it, I have to go anything for this the, week. Yeah. I have to go for the cold match, the cold dream match. I probably would too. The camera work, man, um, it killed me. Yeah, yeah, the camera work was awful. I, like, yeah, the women's three way main event takeover is probably up there for best as well. Definitely, I just preferred personally uh, Balor and Priest. Um, Oh, that was a great match and it surprised me apart from all the leg slapping the really obvious leg slapping the leg does. yeah um, yeah the worst match what else was out there nothing, nothing like I think just Cole and, and Dream because it was just unwatchable it's literally it's smacking you in the face with how bad the camera work was when I said spoilers is a delay and loads of people left the chat so that's good to see that people are they're uh they listened and they're not going to get so anyone who's still in the chat right now spoilers coming up in about a minute okay so um worst match yeah cold cold dream best segment then P- potentially what we're about to spoil <laughs> yeah uh, otherwise it's got to be the ending of nxt yeah definitely um, yeah it's either it's a toss up between what we're about to spoil and the killer cross thing on nxt yeah <laughs> Worst segment? Uh, the thing we're about to Possibly spoil. Possibly more about to spoil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, I'm going to pencil that one in. It hasn't seen it yet, but I think it could be the best and worst segment of the week. I <laughs> uh, don't think anything else was particularly bad this week. Um, no, I said I'm feeling, like shows had their lulls, but there was nothing that really jumped out at me. The screen was a bad... A bad, yeah. bad well, no, the Catalan. Oh yes, the decathlon. I'm still going to keep my. I'm going to pencil in the segment we're going to talk about in a minute. Possibly. The spoiler, but decathlon, yeah, decathlon, yeah, definitely. And I forgot about that completely. Okay, so smooth Jimmy's luck of the week. If you are still here, you are okay with the spoiler. Like we've given you spoiler warnings for over an hour now. Okay, we could not let this go. So last chance, spoiler. Okay, spoiler coming up right now. So, tonight on SmackDown, there is a contract signing um, for the match between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. So apparently, and spoiler, 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 if you are still listening, it's your own fault, okay? Sorry. We're going to spoil it like this, and if you get it spoiled, (laughs) it's your own fault. Yeah, exactly. I could not have been more clear about the spoiler warnings here. So, apparently, the signing will be moderated by Renee Young. Rumours say that Hardy will accuse Sheamus of ruining his life, after which Sheamus will ask for assurances assurances before fighting Hardy. Sheamus will try instigating Hardy by asking him to take a urine sample. This is because Sheamus does not want to step into the ring against a, quote, junkie. A man in a lab coat and four security guards will be waiting inside the ring to test these samples. This is a deliberate move by Sheamus because he knows that Hardy will fail the test. Jeff Hardy will then admit that he has a problem. Just when Seamus thinks he has won the joust, Hardy will throw the urine sample right into Seamus' face. Boom. And there you have it. Smooth Jimmy's lock of the week. Good Lord. Um, oh. Like, I'm giddy. I'm giddy for it. I can't wait. I can't wait for Twitter. Is, I'm working tonight, so I don't know if I'm going to get to see this or when I'm going to get to see this. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, oh boy. I can't wait. It's, Our Twitter is going to be fucking crazy. It's, it's going to, go to, it's going to be a hellscape. It's going to go to an oh, meltdown. I can't wait. 
can't wait. People are going to be offended that they are using Jeff's uh, real life problem as on TV. I don't mind that. I enjoy when they bring stuff in like that. That you can get believe, you can believe in it. Um, people are going to be annoyed that someone gets piss thrown in their face. I mean, it has it all. Oh, this segment is going to be, and it has the hokey WWE doctor's style thing with the contract signing and people are going to be tweeting and they don't know about this happening tonight and we're like oh god another contract signing blah 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 they're going to be put through a table like no please watch this please watch this (laughs) they're finally mixing up the contract signing segments good times also tonight you have aj brian which everyone was saying was recorded a few weeks ago and is amazing yeah which this could be the to be expected cannot wait for that it's gonna be incredible this could be the greatest SmackDown ever backlash. This could be the greatest, yeah. Uh, Jay Dog with the shout out of is Hardy going to have to piss in the cup on TV? Yeah, how are they going to do that? Are, gonna, like, oh, are the boys going to form a circle around him? Like? No, do you know what they're going to do? We'll be right back. Oh, the piss will be made officially. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the judges have said, and uh, general manager William Regal has said that the piss is good and it is in the cup. <laughs> the piss is indeed piss. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, look, Smooth Jimmy's lock of the week is is that this could be the greatest yet worst segment of the year tonight. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, it's it's going to be something. Yeah. Either way, I we are going wait. to have to talk about this in more detail next week so we can get the lads' thoughts on it. Yeah, um, I'm opening next week with uh, Jeff Hardy, Seamus, piss in the face chat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, like I'm gonna do a cold open. We often say that we're wary of where uh, these Saudi are these uh, contract signings go. I should say. Mm -hmm. So, I'm curious. Like we always go on about the whole. Oh my God, is this going to descend into violence? This is the kind of violence we never thought we were going to see. Yeah, that's getting pissed thrown. Pissed thrown their face. Like, (laughs) where's Renee in all this? You know, Renee's gonna be standing is there. She get, is she gonna get? Is she gonna get fucking caught in the crossfire like Kayla did last week? Oh man, Jersey oh, Joe mentioned Lord, there. Slimed, yeah, yeah. It's better being pissed off than pissed on, as they say. That's the way. <laughs> well, some people are into that kind of thing, <laughs> and that's why I think Seamus will win on Sunday. So that's my prediction for backlash. Fair. If you, if you get pissed thrown on, you probably deserve to win a match. <laughs> I think you deserve to win a fake wrestling match after that. <laughs> Like is oh, how Lord. like how is getting pissed thrown in your face? Is that like is that a way of potentially getting the COVID? Oh, I never even thought of that. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> it's no, it's like you know, for Seamus, he's been around for so long. He's seen everything and done everything. He's won literally nearly everything. Um, but you know what? He needs sometimes he needs to grab the ropes and shake them like the Ultimate Warrior. And, and Seamus just likes to get pissed thrown in his face to psych him up for a match on Sunday. <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> some new people, some new people joined the chat. I'm sorry, you've, you've come in here in spoiler territory for tonight's SmackDown. Hopefully, you didn't miss too much, or you didn't. Uh, oh, how do you gimmick say? piss as Antox? Yeah, apple juice, I'd say. Apple juice, maybe a little bit of, or just a very weak lime cordial sort of mm. dilute, that you can make it look like there's a bit of asparagus in there. Yeah, flat beer, something like that as yeah. well. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying this is some gold Seamus hasn't won yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Oh, good that's times. Gonna be so bad. It's going to be so bad. 
That's so amazing. Uh, uh, we go to plugs. I know you're pushed for time. Yeah. So am I, actually. I need to I need, go to Tesco. I need to get food because I'm starting in 45 minutes. Whoop, whoop. Um, whoop. Yeah, but if people do want to get more of us here at the Alleged Wrestling Podcast, you can get us on all your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on your iTunes, your Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Essentially, wherever you're listening now, you're going to find us. Also, make sure to follow us on Mixler. It's mixler.com forward slash the Alleged Wrestling Podcast. And turn on notifications. You'll get notifications every time we go live. Also, if there is a rating system on wherever you are watching this, make sure to leave us a five-star rating because obviously we want more people to join us and to hear our nonsensical ramblings every week. Uh, you can also find us on the Wrestling Soup Network. It's WrestlingSoup.com. If you go on there, you can find us, the Wrestling Soup Boys themselves, and a host of other podcasts for pretty much whatever you're wanting to talk, uh, hear about. Uh, as I said, it's WrestlingSoup.com. And make sure to subscribe to the Wrestling Soup Guys themselves on Patreon. They're throwing out content on a daily basis, uh, literally five or a month, and you're getting a, just a wealth of content out of them, and it's all top quality. Uh, also, a shout-out to our brothers at Canvas Theory, www.canvastheory.com. If you go on there and use the promo code AWP for Alleged Wrestling Podcast, you will get 10% off your entire order. Currently shipping just to the US, but hopefully in a post-COVID world, it will be shipping to Europe too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the week. Um, next week, we're opening up. I do a, might do a cold open, which oh. is piss chat. Oh, piss chat Although I might not be on um, next week she's on me I'm working 7 so I probably won't be on the start next week I will get you we'll get you at some point ah yeah but yeah um, that'll do us for the week um, we need to maybe do one of these weekend shows again uh, or something maybe during the week one of the nights might do a backlash post show um, but not directly could do a backlash post we'll show or even if me and Fitz want to do an old premiership Restart because oh, yeah. the Premiership is restarting this week. We could possibly do one Sunday afternoon. Oh, maybe balls deep in football this time next week. Good yeah, times. we will. That's what I think. Maybe do a bit of an L recap of just some of the matches that are coming up over the next couple of weeks that we're looking forward to. What we're looking forward to between now and the end of the season. That sort of shit. Null and void. Null and void. <laughs> our fucking year. <laughs> I will point out. Uh, I, I yeah, finally said something. it's our fucking year. Only like a week or two before the whole fucking thing got cancelled because it was of the you. It was fucking you that caused this. It wasn't the five G bats. <laughs> it was you. I was only thinking about it the other day. It was me saying we're going to win the league. <laughs> only like literally We've been two pestering weeks Gordo. Yeah, we pestered Gordo for months because everyone and their son was like, "Yeah, Liverpool have won the league. There's no chance." Everyone but Liverpool fans. Liverpool fans were too afraid to say it. I get it. I'm from Mayo. I totally and understand. Even at that, I was one of the there. last ones to say it. Yeah, we got you to say it, and it was like a celebration. And then COVID. Yeah. So it all makes sense now. So it's your fault. <laughs> if anyone's want to know where the blame lies for the Premier League season getting cancelled, it's the alleged wrestling podcast. <laughs> Five star rating and comment, like, subscribe, whatever the hell you do on the internet. I don't know tell your friends anyway uh, yeah probably time to get the fudge out of here yeah boy if I could find my thing I do uh, Gordo thanks for joining me and Fitz left us what a dickhead terrible human being he's the worst yeah good night all. <laughs>